0: Hey, it's me, Mac Monroe, the founder and CEO of Boss Builders. Attention, business owners, CEOs, and HR professionals. Do you have managers who lack the basic skills to be a great boss? Better contact Mac. Your manager's afraid to address performance issues with employees? Better contact Mac. Managers unable to complete the most rudimentary processes as a boss? Better contact Mac. You're pulling your hair out wishing your managers would simply step up and do their job? Better contact Mac. Here at boss builders we provide the basic skills every manager needs to be a great boss we do this in three ways first our team of skilled professionals facilitate our signature workshop driving results this four-day program offered in whatever time chunks you need gives participants the basic skills to fix systems and processes develop employees and protect your house we also offer our popular video-based boss builder academy which allows your managers to have basic skills training delivered to them in short, effective how-to videos, which are supplemented by our monthly roundtable sessions. Finally, we offer our driving results curriculum to organizations that want to license it and deliver it using their own in-house trainers. For more information on how we can help you improve the quality of your managers, Better Contact Mac. You can do that at BetterContactMac.com or reach us by phone at 931 221-2988. 221-2988. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, the podcast for those of you who are in a supervisory role and are struggling, those of you who are new to the role, and even those of you who are thinking about eventually making the transition to becoming the boss. You know, as the boss, you run across situations every day that can be frustrating and, in some cases, can get you in a lot of trouble. Fortunately, we have a very special guest today who's got remedies for those kinds of issues. Our guest today is Phil LaRue. Phil is a friend of mine who I've known for many years. He is a former vice president of human resources. He's got over 40 years of management experience. And he's going to share with us a few of his 20 pearls of wisdom for those of you in a leadership role. Phil's going to talk to you about some of the success secrets to building rapport with others, the benefit of getting to know your people, just how much time you should spend with a poor performer, And finally, he'll give us some wisdom on why we should take care of problems earlier rather than later. At the end, he'll give us his email address and he will open himself up to Q&A from any of you who are interested. But trust me, you are going to learn an awful lot from our wide-ranging conversation on what the boss needs to know about being a great leader. So with no further delay, let's meet our guest, Phil LaRue. Phil LaRue. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Mac. It's uh, great to be with you today. Yeah, Phil, I've wanted to have you on our show for a very long time. But for my audience who may not know how we met, I, uh, I had been working and I continue to work for a particular customer, and it's a basic supervisor class, brand new to supervision. And what I remember is that you would always come in as uh, one of the HR leaders at this organization and give a really, really good talk on just pearls of wisdom. You had a real long list and you'd go through it. And I remember that I still have the existing PowerPoint. And I thought, you know, my audience who are newly promoted supervisors or or those who are in the role and struggling, they need to hear from you. And so I'm grateful to have you on the show today and uh, anxious to hear some of the wisdom that you have to share with us.
1: My pleasure.
0: Well, Phil, you've had a long career in HR and you've always had a particular interest in how leaders at all levels can be most effective in managing the people side of the responsibilities. Do you see a particular mindset that you believe a manager or leader should have when dealing with their people and those related problems that exist in the workplace?
1: I do. Uh, and I think, I think most supervisors understand that their primary job is to make everyone successful, not just the people that report directly to them, but everybody they come into contact with. They're, they're expected to be leaders of not just the company, uh, or excuse me, not just the, the uh, uh, people that report directly to them, but to the company as a whole. And uh, there's no question a, a supervisor, manager, leadership role is is a combination of problem solver and hurdle remover, uh, juggler, teacher, communicator. And, and I think that the mindset takes them, if they accept it, that the key to success is to be trusted and respected by everybody. Of course, we'd all like to be liked by everybody, but sacrificing trust and respect for likability is is certainly not something that's going to lead to success. And so I think I think that's the general mindset that that I think leads to success as a, a supervisor.
0: Well that's powerful. I know with a lot of the folks I work with their their biggest challenge is they're afraid if they actually do their job that people are not going to like them. And what I hear you say is that getting respect is job one. Maybe like happens later. So thank you for sharing that. That that hammers the point home, and I appreciate that. Well, Phil, you, you I know you've distilled all of the years of experience you've had into a set of what you call the pearls of wisdom. This is the list that I heard you go through in your talk. So tell us about that list and share how, with us how knowing your people can improve your effectiveness as the manager or leader of others. Certainly. Well, you know, over a 40 plus year career
1: in human resources, you know, I was exposed to all levels of people. And and I dealt with problems from my first year of, of uh, experience in HR um, all the way through until I retired from, I'll call it corporate America. Um, and, and now I'm doing it in the consulting area. But I think the these pearls, as we've called them, or keys to success, number about 20, and uh, and I relate these pearls um, to audiences tr- in training kinds of settings, and and each of them is what I would call very practical. I, I think it begins with with the fact that supervisors need to know their people, and they need to be in their presence of people today in a world of email and and technology and so on. It's it's it is easy to do business from a desk and chair behind a computer. But the key, the, the major key to success, I think, is the visibility and the uh, knowing of one's people. Everybody in my mind has hot buttons and cold buttons. And I, in my training, relate to uh, one's dealing with a spouse if, if one has one, or in dealing with children. Obviously, the greater that you know the, the party with whom you are dealing, if you know their hot buttons and cold buttons and when to push which buttons, obviously you you are a leg up in being successful in dealing with those people and having a good relationship. And so presence on the floor if you will or in the office or wherever you are dealing with people, uh, obviously knowing them personally and developing that kind of a relationship is very critical. Couple of related uh, keys or pearls to that knowing your people is, is I, I tell those I'm training that they should on a daily basis collect the puzzle pieces. You know, when you're out there, you are interfacing with people and you are, are, uh, observing what is going on. And each of those puzzle pieces that you collect every day, when you put them together, they result in a picture. And the sooner and clearer that picture is to you, you can identify problems and, and hopefully rectify those problems when they're small because sparks are easier to extinguish as compared to full-blown fires. And so that's another another pearl that, that I often talk about.
0: Yeah, that actually is one of my favorites that I have thought about a lot since hearing your talk. It is much easier to fix stuff when it's small. And now let's take a break for a quick word from our sponsor. What do you do when you have an employee who is highly skilled and highly motivated, but is still not successful? Some of these symptoms might be a person who's abrasive to others. Maybe they're not able to effectively communicate to others. Sometimes they say inappropriate things in meetings or in a one-on-one session. You observe them being culturally insensitive or highly opinionated. Or maybe they just have a few rough edges that need to be removed in order to be successful. In these cases, training is not your best option. At Boss Builders, we recommend coaching. Our strategic partner, Wisdom Tree Coaching, provides one-on-one or group coaching to resolve focus factor problems. The ICF certified coaches at Wisdom Tree Coaching use behavioral assessments and 360 surveys to define the root issue of the problem and then co-create solutions with the client. Wisdom Tree Coaching also facilitates a popular practical course entitled coaching as a discipline for managers. Your managers will get helpful and useful skills to provide a coaching approach with their direct reports to mitigate and eliminate focus issues. Remember, training fixes skill problems. The best way to fix a behavior problem is through coaching. Contact the professionals at Wisdom Tree Coaching at 304-549-4630 or you can find them online at wisdomtreecoaching.com. And now back to the show. So, Phil, it sounds like in your experience, a manager's development of that relationship they have with each of their direct reports is, is important. Now, with a solid performer, your superstar, that's probably going to be easier. But what about the impact the relationship has when it comes to dealing with one of those players who does not meet your expectation? How, how does that work for you?
1: Well, no question, the the relationship with players that are non-stars is is also very very important, and those those two categories. Let's take them one at a time. I mean, the meeting expectation player. In order for you to um, cement that relationship, you need to know them, uh, know their hot buttons and cold buttons, and of course, the objective is to move them from the meeting expectations category to the star category. And so you need to spend time with them, know them, and be able to effectively deal with them in order for, for you to uh, move them, if you will, that in that direction. Um, similarly, the relationship is very important, and, and you spend most of your time as a manager or supervisor with the parties that are not meeting expectations because the goal – it is of course, to save them. The goal is not to work them out of a business, but but rather to move them from the not meeting expect expectation category into the meeting expectations group. More of a challenge, obviously, because for whatever reason, be it skill or behaviors, they're not meeting your expectations. And so it, it's it you you have to, in a sense, know them, win them over, that, that your uh, motivation is to get them to move up and, and therefore that relationship is very, very important. And no question, you spend most of your time with people in that category and, um, and, and to, to move them directionally to a meeting expectations level is obviously a challenge.
0: Yeah. Th- this is something I find is a, is a common pain point for the supervisor is at what point do I say enough is enough? And and I you know just want to deviate a little bit and get your opinion on that. When is enough enough? Where you say I, that I've tried everything, this is not going to work. Is there a, a place that you could identify for us?
1: Yeah, I mean that that's um, a big word that that I use a lot is judgment. You know, and and that's what needs to be applied here. I mean, supervisors, managers, um, obviously, you do get to a point where enough is enough and it's time to, to move on. And usually you'd be discussing that with your immediate su- uh, superior as well as potentially a human resources representative. But I think one sleeps better at night when you've given an individual every opportunity to be successful and, and they have failed. It's not a failure of you as a manager to effectively lead them uh, or or to get them the skill that they need or change the behaviors that they need to change. I mean I think you know when you've done all those things and you can go home and sleep well that night and and knowing that the person's not going to be employed any longer, which is uh, has a big impact on them and their family and so on. I mean, and I think that's the key that you've thought through that before you get there because if there's any doubt in your mind, you haven't tried hard enough.
0: Well, I like that. I guess maybe the way to look at it too is you didn't fail them. They've basically failed themselves. And I think a person would sleep a little better at night with that mindset. Exactly. Well, let's go back to the pearls of wisdom. We kind of touched on this one a little bit, but one of them that you have centers around dealing with the small problems that exist. So share that pearl with us and how my audience might benefit from having that. Sure, sure
1: you know, I, I technically call it extinguish the sparks. It's much easier to do than to fight full-blown fires. Um, and I, I, one, of the, one of the errors I think that's made in the busy life of a supervisor, and, and no doubt they're in a position where every day you're making tons of uh, decision dealing with uh, lots of problems and so on. And, and as a result, you may see small things and do nothing about them saying to yourself, I'm going to catch it next time, or I'm going to do it uh, a little bit later. And then, of course, that busyness prohibits you from getting back to doing it. And and so, um, you know, many moons ago, there was a book called The One Minute Manager. And, and I talk about this this being exposed to the people. And, and when one sees something, it is so important to mention either something positive about what has just been done that's been noticed or uh, a negative reinforcement if in fact that that's required. Because that's the point in time that people remember that that's important uh, to do. And so, you know, I can't tell you how many performance review situations where I've been involved with a manager and employee and the manager tells me you know, Phil, uh, I, I told that person clearly, directly that uh, they needed to do this differently than they've done it. And yet when I would go talk independently to that individual, they would say to me, you know, I don't remember that at all. In fact, I I don't believe that that was ever told to me. So it's it's language which sometimes can be gray versus black and white. Uh, sometimes you know it's it's uh, they had an intent to do it and they thought they did it, but the supervisor didn't actually do it. So you know, from my perspective, it, it the mindset of extinguishing sparks and getting things when they're small. Obviously, there there's a good chance that those small things will get corrected and they don't become bigger fires
0: that are harder to fight. Yeah, that's counterintuitive because so many of those sparks are scary, but the roaring fire is far more difficult to deal with. So thank you. Well, Phil, I know you do a lot of training with both new supervisors and experienced managers, and in that training, I know you address the steps that you believe any supervisor ought to take, and every time they're faced with people problems, would you share what those sure, steps are? Sure, sure
1: um and they're pretty simple and 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 I think many supervisors would would agree with them that they're necessary but they don't often or they don't always follow each of the steps the first is to investigate you know when you've got an issue you need to know the facts and and sometimes we have some of the facts but not necessarily all of the facts that are necessary to resolve a problem in the best way. Once, once one has all the facts, which is that first step, then, then there's the development of what's the, what's the solution? What's the, what's the course of action you want to take with the individual? And it requires a confrontation or a communication, a two-way dialogue, obviously, with, with the person that the problem exists with. And so that confront and communicate is, is the identifier I call the second step. And that's done. And, and a very, very important part of that second step is, is to be sure that you are listening to the other party. Sometimes supervisors can make up their mind the course of action that needs to be taken based on the facts as they know them. And they skip the idea of asking for the facts from the person. Um, whom whom they have confronted and and truly listen to those elements and so I think that that's very important and of course the third step is after the action has been taken and the communication has finished one needs as a supervisor to follow up and course correct hopefully the uh, the uh, employee that you have been talking with got the message and and is, taking corrective action and so on. Oftentimes though, they didn't hear exactly as you meant it and they are not on the path that, that you want them to be on. And so you need to follow up and it needs to be relatively soon after that, that uh, a course correction has, has taken place. So I think those are the, the three things, uh, three steps. A couple things also I tell people uh, in supervision to think about is don't forget to think about what the other person is thinking. Oftentimes they're thinking it's somebody else's fault. Um, they're thinking maybe you're the fault as the supervisor. And and I think, so you, you need to be thinking, you, if you know them, you know their hot buttons and cold buttons, you you maybe can take a pretty good guess as to what their mindset and what their thinking is. And it's important to have thought through that before you confront. And, and I think lastly, I think it's very typical that some people have that emotional component to their personality. And, And people, when they get into an emotional perspective, when you're talking with them, logic sometimes leaves the equation, particularly if you get emotional. So I I encourage supervision, obviously, when confronting and communicating to stay businesslike and stay logical and communicate effectively why that
0: course correction is necessary. Well, again, it comes back to knowing your people. And wow, I mean, what a powerful step. And certainly, is going to make it easier when you got to have those tough conversations. Well, Phil, you have 20 pearls of wisdom, and I suspect if I let you go, you'd probably end up with 100 of them with all your experience. But I was wondering if you just might share your top five pearls with sure, us.
1: Sure, sure. Happy to do that.
0: Uh, and these aren't in any, any particular order,
1: Mac, but uh, I think I think one needs to understand that to be a successful leader, you must first be an accomplished follower. And that's generally how people get identified as a party to become a, a supervisor or manager. They've been a successful follower. But no, no matter whether you're a CEO of an organization, um, there is someone that you are reporting to that you need to continue to follow effectively. So that's one key, uh, one of my favorites. Another one is that anyone can say yes. Perfect how you say no. I mean, that's that's a pretty simple key to understand um, because uh, that's the difficult part, is communicating bad news or communicating something that a subordinate does not want to hear. Conveying those things effectively makes you a very accomplished supervisor. Someone who spends the appropriate time thinking through how to communicate things is obviously very important. A third is what I what I call what you do is important you know you need to do the right thing, but how you do it is more important most times and an example I, I use is a sales individual who you know gets the sale ultimately but has left bodies along the road internal to the organization because of how he or she may have treated uh, the support staff along the way, they're not going to be there for them when the next sale comes around to support them. So how you do things as a supervisor manager is sometimes more important than what you do. This one, this fourth one is, is really, really one of my favorites and takes a little explaining. And that is, don't forget that amicable divorces are preferred to ugly divorces. And what I mean by that is separating people from the company, terminating their employment is something that none of us, no supervisor enjoys doing. But again, how you do that is important. And and the perspective that you have, sometimes people do some fairly bad things um, and maybe have upset you as a supervisor quite a bit. And and maybe, maybe there is a tendency to not treat them uh, with dignity and respect as they exit. And, and I will tell you that I think that's important to do because today in the world we live in, we know that, uh, workplace violence is out there. It does happen in places. And, and it's always just basic in my mind that having someone leave, saving face, if you will, and being able to go get the next opportunity without having a big shadow hanging over them from their prior employer, I mean, I think, I, I think that's something that is just simply the right way to do it. So the mindset when terminating somebody, I think from a supervisory or leadership perspective, is, is most often more beneficial to do it in an amicable way than to do it in a um, in an ugly way, if you will. And and the last of the five is is to know your boss well, as it will help you to manage them effectively. There's no question managing down and managing to sideways is is important. But the person that has the most to say about your future as a supervisor and your success as a supervisor is your boss, and they have hot buttons and cold buttons too and being able to push the right buttons with them is is obviously critical and being able to to make them successful by your your skill and behavior is is one of those uh, five keys that that's one of my favorites
0: that's great well of all of that collected wisdom if if you could come up with the number 1 most important one What would that be and why would it be the most important
1: Uh, one? Interestingly, Mac, uh, my top one, actually, I didn't identify in those top five, but here it is. I believe that the caring element that a manager supervisor has for their team or for each individual on their team is the most important key to success in an organization. You know, I think, I, I think, I, I look back to uh, one of the keys that that I, I, I identify as: weddings are optional, but funerals are mandatory. We can't we can't show caring in in everything that we do as a supervisor, but. There are certain things that showing caring is kind of an absolute must, and and that's why I use this terminology of uh, funerals are, are a must, and it goes back to uh, you know a leadership book that uh, that I read that Rudolph Giuliani put together he was obviously the mayor of New York when nine eleven occurred, and and that was the title of one of his chapters, and when I thought about caring uh, for one's people. Um, Those are the relationships when one does care and you get loyalty in return, they survive jobs and even employment. And so, you know, I I think one needs to take a caring approach as a manager, and that can be expressed in many different ways. Simple ways like a happy birthday wish or or a, uh, a great job pat on the back type of thing, and it can be done in in many uh, bigger respects too. So, uh, I, I would say, uh, Mac, uh, for you and your audience, one of the things that that uh, is is
0: my top key to success is to be a caring manager. You know what I've loved about our conversation, Phil, is that you you've achieved in what you've told us such a balance between the ability and the willingness to crack the whip on somebody but on the other hand it's the ability to show caring and compassion and you know that's a powerful balance and and just appreciate all of that and so the last thing i want to talk about is is the idea of employee engagement and so what I was hoping is maybe you could just kind of share your definition of what that would look like cuz I know a lot of organizations are concerned with it and many of them actually measure it but maybe define it for us and then take everything you've told us so far and and show us how that impacts engagement and contributes to your organization's sure. success.
1: Well, Matt, I always felt that that I was a coach, you know, of, of a team and uh, and I always felt that I wanted my team to be totally committed to me, my organization, my department and so on. And and I wanted them to be believers in the mission that we had and the goal. I wanted them to be strong participants in achieving the goals uh, of the organization at all levels. And and to do that, you need to have people engaged. It needs not to be just an eight to five job, if you will, or or um, an eight hour a day thing. It's it's uh, achieving, if you will, a commitment beyond that to to do what's necessary to be done in each and every job. And so, I, I think when people do that. I see them as engaged in the organization. When they're simply coming in to collect the paycheck, I, I, I would call that not engaged. They may do what's appropriate and even meet most expectations, but you, you are looking for people to believe in, in the organization and to believe in you. And, and so I feel like the the twenty keys to success that I that I talk about and the ones that I've talked about today help build that relationship where you're going to get employees engaged in in uh, the goals of your organization and the goals of your department, your your particular leadership domain, and and that's really um, what I think uh, will will be attainable. And when it's attainable. It's fulfilling, and that's what we as as leaders and and managers and supervisors we want to believe our job has value, and that and that we are extending that value to the total organization. So, I'm a I'm a big employee engagement guy, but it doesn't happen without you having a relationship with your employees, and and uh, and I think that happens through these keys that I've talked to you about. That's great.
0: Well, Phil, we've really enjoyed having you on the show today. How can my audience get a hold of you? And maybe even if you were willing, sharing some of those other pearls. Of course, I'd rather just wait and have you back on the show. But how can we uh, get sure, a hold Mac, of you? Um,
1: uh, people can reach me primarily through email, which my email address is P-L-E-R-O-U-X-1-5 at gmail.com. I, I don't have a website Mac, and that's <clears throat> excuse me intentional only because I'm I'm a firm believer in in communicating directly with everybody. So anybody interested in uh, dialoguing in any way can uh, certainly reach me through email, and I'll do my best to get back to everyone. That's great. Well, we appreciate that
0: offer, Phil. That is absolute gold for my audience. <laughs> Well, thanks again to our special guest, Phil LaRue, for sharing all of your wisdom with us. If you've been listening to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, we would be grateful if you took just a moment to give us a review. Those really, really help, and we greatly appreciate it. Until the next time we meet, get out there, boss up, and boss on. Goodbye.